Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi, thanks for tuning in. This is the New Look Mum and Mama podcast, brought to you by Golding Accountancy. If you ever need an accountant, wearegolding.com. They're very nice and very good. So, this is the first episode of the New Look Mum and Mama podcast with just me on my own. Sadly, Harry's left us. Um, because she's just too busy. She's got too much going on. She's in too high demand for all the wonderful things that she does in her life. It's weird doing it on my own, but it's for the best. So yes, so thank you for tuning in. I've been talking to some really amazing people and I'm very excited for you to hear the stories and the conversations that I've been having. This week, the first episode is with the lovely Stuart. Stuart runs Haircuts for Homeless. You may, if you listen to podcasts, you may have heard him talk to Scroobius Pip on his podcast a couple of years ago because he started a charity called Haircuts for Homeless. Stuart um, is a hairdresser. Obviously, he doesn't just go around cutting people's hair. <laughs> oh, that'd, that'd be terrible, wouldn't it? Um, but yeah, he's, he started a charity, Haircuts for Homeless, a few years ago now. And um, he was kind enough to come on and talk to me all about his life and why he started the charity and all the amazing things that he does, really. Um, It was an absolute pleasure talking to him. He's a really, really lovely guy and we really hit it off. I really enjoyed our conversation. And off the back of it, I've booked um, another podcast with one of his previous guests as well, um, which I'll be doing soon. Um, so yeah, it was all good in the hood, but, um, check it out. I hope you enjoy it and I'll post all of the links to, uh, the charity. So if you want to help them, you can, but yes, I'll see you on the other side. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds at Mint Mobile. We like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Work. Hello! <laughs> Today I'm joined by the very wonderful Stuart Roberts, who's the founder of Haircuts for Homeless. And also, you do a podcast as well, don't you? I do, yeah. Hear Me, See Me. Hear Me, See Me podcast. Hear, yeah. Yes, yeah. 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 Thanks for coming on. You're very welcome. <laughs> How are you? I'm really good. Um, yeah, I'm really good. I've done it. I've just funny enough, this is all set up because I've done a, a chat this morning to um, a college. So a college. Oh, yeah. Yeah, done like a Zoom with all the college students. Uh, hairdressing, obviously, and yeah. we're talking about what we do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't just hanging around. You know? yeah. <laughs> but, no, How was, do you get approached? Do they approach you for stuff like yeah. that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was, and there again, um, it was an, uh, an ex-volunteer. So she... Uh, okay. She, yeah. See, I told you I was going to get interrupted. Literally, we've just started the podcast. Before we started, I was like, I'm going to get interrupted at some point. <laughs> Do you know? Come say hello. This is Stuart. Wave. She can't oh, hear you. Um, she's designing a chocolate bar. Oh, fantastic. And, My favourite yeah. thing. It's very nice. Oh, I can't do this now. So please, could you... It's very nice. And then it's very good. I would like to it's eat good. it. But please now, just leave me alone for an hour, please. Please. Sorry. Right. Yeah, so do you get asked a lot to do that? Yeah, well, this was, no, this is a new thing. This is, this, okay. I'm sure we can do a lot more of this. Yeah. Because um, uh, this is the thing with the uh, pandemic and all this stuff. It's opened up, I mean, it's been absolutely horrendous, but it's opened yeah. up doors of other things. With the yeah. podcasting, it's made that so much more accessible. Yep. Yeah, because someone, I went on a podcast the other day and they were asking about, because we started this just before the pandemic, yep. when it came out, I think, during, like just as lockdown started. But um, they asked how it had been affected. But actually, it's been quite good because we've spoken to people that we never probably would have spoke to had yep. it not been over Zoom. Yeah. So although it's nicer to do it in person, it does actually. And I suppose with you, you can give... Like, let you can be wherever you are in the world, can't you? And give a lecture online. Yeah. yeah. And you yeah. can do more in a day as well because you haven't got to travel. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And that's, that's the thing. You can, you know, I remember schlepping around at the beginning of it, you know, but like yeah. the gear and then, you know, all that time to get an hour with someone. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, but now you can, you can do a few back to back on one day, can't you? Yeah. So yeah. there are some good things to come out of the end of the world. Still <laughs> <laughs> so have you always been a hairdresser did you do that from leaving cool. school yeah 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 I, I was um I think a couple of months before my 16th birthday I started yeah uh, and, and I'm the ripe old age of 59 in uh July well so, you look very good for 59 not that 59's old but <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
this one, this <laughs> podcast is sponsored by all of you. Like. No, uh, to, to be honest, it's been, um, you know, I still love doing it. You know, yeah. one of the lucky people in an industry, it, I've had some rough times, but um, I've been through two recessions. I lost my business two years ago, but I still love God, yeah. the essence of cutting hair. Yeah. Uh, and when yeah. I started Haircuts for Homeless, that first session, what that done, that reignited my love for what I did. Yeah. I was a bit punch drunk, you know, 30 years of running a salon, high street, landlords, VAT. Yeah. I went back and I'd done that first session. And uh, you, you, it's what you, it's what hairdressers go into it for. It's people thing, it's connection. So yeah, yeah I, got, I found that back, yeah. So have you always, where did you start out? Where did you... Did you start out like local or did you go to... Yeah, you're local, weren't you? You're, well, we're all local, but we're... Yeah, well, I'm from Basildon. Right. But I'm in South Woodford now. Oh, right. But I, I used to get drunk in... Because we're in Stamford, yeah? I was, yeah. I used to drink cider in the church graveyard. in Because South- oh, I went to Grace Convent. <laughs> I used to love a convent, girl. <laughs> oh, I used to love a convent. <laughs> My first wife went to the convent. Oh, I'll probably know her. Um, and I was going to say to you, I'm sure that my f- friend did her, started off in a shop in Stamford, but I don't know, Nicole Lydon? I mean, this would have been 30 yeah, years ago. She could have done, yeah. I mean, to, yeah. to be honest, it's been such a long time. Um, that, but like so many people, because it was quite, you know, like we've established for 30 years. So, so many people come and went. Yeah. Uh, that quite a few people. And sometimes I used to get like, um, at the beginning of it, I used to get, oh, my mum knows you, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and towards the end of it, when it's, you know, the last couple of years before it all finished, I'd get like, oh, my nan knows you. <laughs> oh, fucking <laughs> So yeah. when did you start your first so you've had have you had two businesses i what it was i started um a, a local salon lorenz dore in san Hope. i yeah. was there for five years when i left school yeah uh, they made me a partner but it was all a bit much uh, a bit too much too quick and i wanted to do my yeah. own thing. so i just thought i'm gonna go and do my own thing and, and yeah temporarily I went freelance, which wasn't a big thing then. This was, uh, you know, I was 78, 83, I'd become a freelance hairdresser. So it was quite yeah. a, an unusual thing then. Uh, I thought I'd do it for a little while until I decided what I want to do, but I ended up doing it for five years. So right. I sort of like, you know, in, in women's kitchens for five years, enjoying yes, myself. Yeah. And then yeah. um, I got divorced and bought a salon. I bought an empty unit in, uh, me and my dad done it up, um, uh, and that was in 1988, and uh, that's when I opened the salon. Yeah. And uh, that lasted for um, 30 years. Wow. Yeah, halfway through we moved from Stamford to Corringham. Um, right, okay, I, yep. Yeah, I developed, the, so it, I owned the freehold, so I developed it into two flats. And then oh, I lovely. Up, and then I, I, I opened up one in Corringham Town Centre. Yeah. Much more central. Um, but, um, yeah, and, and had a great time, you know, like, met some wonderful people, worked with some amazing people. Yeah. However, like, 
2018, it, it finished because the landlord doubled the rent. Uh, the business was already suffering and yeah. there was nowhere to go. Just had to broke yeah. my heart. Yeah, broke I bet. Heart. You know, I know it's a business thing, but when you've invested 30 years of your life in something... It's a long time. It, it was like a bereavement. It, Why it, did he double the rent? Did he want you out so he could make flats or something? Oh, no, because then it stayed empty for 10 months. You know, like, you you can never... I've heard this so many times. I've met so many uh, people uh, in business in the last few years that there was no logic for landlords who just seemed to just double rents and, yeah. and rather have a mentee than, than have some rent. It just don't make sense, does it? No, and no. plus, you'd much rather... Like, I am I rent, like, my home... And yeah. I work for a lady who rents her property and it's like, you'd much rather have a good person in and keep them there and not put their yeah. rent up just because you know that they'll look after the place rather than jack the rent up. Yeah. You, you want to keep them in there because you want to keep it rented out, didn't you? It doesn't make sense. I mean, to be honest, um, the signs were like five years previous to that. Um, it was really, you know, like it probably was a time when it probably should have gone. But you, yeah. you cried and, you know, and I kept borrowing, you know, I even took out a second mortgage. This is all things I would tell anyone not to do. Yeah. But when you're trying to hang on by your finger, yeah. you know, you yeah. do it. Um, and it, it got, so by the time he did that, I was overextended. But I think yeah. every day, you know, like, yeah. thank, thank goodness for that landlord. Because I would have been battling on now. And what it did, it freed me up to then give all my time to haircuts for homeless yeah so these things you know whatever your beliefs are these things are planned out sometimes it's meant to be yeah you know i mean you, you, sometimes you, you just need the push don't time. you give it time. yeah the universe do its thing and yeah so yeah. when did you start haircuts hope because you were on pip's podcast weren't you yeah yeah i listened yeah. to that but that was a few years ago now it was, it was because Pip and I go back a long way. I mean, I, I cut his hair when he was a boy. Um, oh, were you Jenny's hairdresser then? I still am, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. oh. Yeah, yeah. And, and the thing with, um, with Pip, uh, this is why I've got such an admiration for him. I've said this before in, in something else. I've got so much admiration for him because I remember the boy who couldn't put two words together. Yeah. You know. And I've seen it, I saw him grow over the years. And, I, you know, I saw him sort of come back in um, it, it, when he was at college and he was doing his art and stuff. He come and yeah. done some photographs and things. Um, and then once I, when I first heard him doing his, like his rapping and his poetry, like, I, I was just blown away because yeah. I remembered that, that kid and then seeing that man do what he does. You know, it's inspirational for people, yeah. anyone with that type of thing. You know, yep. you, you, I love an underdog. I love yeah. a rock, you know, I yeah, love, yeah. I love a rocky story, you know, <laughs> and that, so that was a rocky story. And uh, yeah, that's why I've got, and it, he, he obviously, right, he, his, his podcast was, uh, it was new to me. I didn't know what the bloody hell it was, to be honest, but he said, oh, come on. Um, and we went on, and um, uh, a guy, Lee, who was doing it with me at the time, we went on and chatted about it. Um, and that probably was only a couple of years in. Yeah. So, so we were still finding, finding our way with it then. So how did it come about? Um, well, um, it is relevant. Uh, next month, I'm 15 years sober. Uh, oh, wow. 
Yeah, um, part of recovery is you have to then go out. If you want to stay sober, you have to help other yeah. people stay sober. That's how I'm saying. Yeah. Pay it forward and give it back, all that, you know. Um, yeah. It's not a, it, it's not a, um, a moral thing. It's a practical thing, you know. Yeah. Because you have to, to keep realising what you are, you have to help someone else. You know, so it's like a practical thing, really. And I used to go every Monday to the local Sally Army uh, and I, we used to do this little like chat, um, a peer mentor group type thing, where we just talk to guys who are struggling with the alcohol or the drugs and that. And um, it, it, I happened to see at the time, this was 2014, I saw a guy in America, Mark Bustos, and he'd done these street makeovers. And it's a new thing then, I hadn't really seen it before. Um, and he, he had the, got all the disheveled guys and they'd sort of give a little slick look and, and it was quite impactful. And I thought next week I'm going to, because I see the guys coming in the Sally Army and do the uh, and get their food. I thought I'm coming. I'm going to get me scissors next week and I'm going to yeah. do some haircuts. That's all it was going to be. And that first, as I said earlier, that first day I did it, it, it the, the connection and the gratitude and the yeah. fulfillment and and the, I don't know, it, it just moved me so much that I thought. I'll, just, I'll do this every week. I'll come an hour yeah. early every week and I'm just going to do this. But really quickly, because um, I, I, I put a couple of pictures, I checked with a guy, I said, you know, is it cool? And they, they, they actually quite liked it. They went, because they were so pleased. They said, yeah, yeah. I'll put it on Facebook. Yeah. Mate. <laughs> and uh, I stuck a few on. And, and people were intrigued, you know, and I had mates, I've got loads of mates who were addressed. I will come and help. And, um, and then they sort of, the Sally Army where I was doing it, they, like, Ilford said, can you come to us? And, you know, yeah. like, but it, it really did um, sprout itself really quickly, you know. And, and that's when I thought, this is something that can be replicated. Uh, yeah. Because I'd found a way to do it that was safe. Um, because I could have gone out on the street and done it like a lot of people do, but doing it this way, I could actually make sure that volunteers were safe in a safe environment. Yes, know? yeah. Um, and so, uh, pretty quickly, I realised it could it, it could spread out. That was it, really. Well, so how that's that was six years ago. Two thousand fourteen. Yeah. Uh, we, we had initial burst of it, and then to grow it, I was then having to knock on doors. Yes. Um, yeah. It wasn't known, you know. So I got a lot of strange conversations, you know, with like I remember I was going to Brighton. Brighton was funny because we, we'd gone to South End, the Harp Centre, which is an amazing place. Um, and then for some reason I had to go to Brighton. I saw so many homeless people in Brighton. Yeah. I'd have to do it here. So I contacted a couple of places. And you'd ring up and you'd say, that, yeah, um, you do the homeless people. Yeah, yeah. And then you'd go, I want to come and cut hair. <laughs> it was like... <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> you know, and you know, they think it's time for business. They go, no, no, yeah. no, no, I'm really free. <laughs> no, no, you know, because it weren't seen then, and it was, yeah. it was really uphill struggle. And I was like knocking on doors, and then it was really funny. My ego runs away with me sometimes, and and me and Lee, we went and we went to set up. <laughs> we. We arranged to do it at Brighton at the um, St Anne's Day Centre, which we still do now, you know. Yeah. And uh, uh, I don't know how I used to do it was do a Facebook call, you know, hairdressers of Brighton, come and join us, all that type of deal. Yeah. And so we uh, we stayed the night in a in a 
uh, hotel in, in Brighton. And I told the hotel, look, I'm having a meeting tomorrow. <laughs> I might need, there'll be a lot of people coming. You need to, yeah. where can I have a room, sir? I said, I'm just going around, you know, it's quiet. I said, yeah, you know, anyone comes, just show them through. You know, yeah. 11 o'clock, one hairdresser turned up. Oh. <laughs> Let's up. One hairdresser turned up. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, right, okay. <laughs> but we went and we sorted it, we've done it, and we grew it. And um, as I say, that that's still running today, that place. And it's an amazing yeah. place. Um, and and, and it, it was... It was a hard struggle for two or three years, and that's when things like Pip going on Pip's thing, you know, yeah. all of that stuff was all good at highlighting and getting a bit of letting people know what we actually did. Um, but when we when we got momentum, was it was really an odd timing. Is funny sometimes because um, I'd been approached by the National Lottery. We we, we got um, a small. Um, funding thing from them um and then because we were uh, we'd had funding they were doing something at the head office and they wanted a couple of people to speak um so i done this talk at camelot you know and uh, yeah. they i didn't know but at the time they were doing a um they were changing their pr people or you know uh and the people who got the job uh were the people who make the john lewis adverts um oh. Yeah, that, that, that company, um, I've got the name there, but they, they, you know, big, big advertising agency. And what, what their suggestion was that we need to, or Camelot or the lottery needed to focus more on the good that it does, all the good stuff, uh, yep. post the prizes. Uh, and they said, what you need is the guy who done that talk that day, get him in or get him on the advert. And, and that's how out of five, hundred thousand projects they've supported over the years we appeared on the advert and it, you know uh, uh, Nick uh, Davis who did the um, directed it was an amazing guy and he, they spent two days filming for one minute yeah. advert wow yeah the, the wow around, you know yeah and, it, and the day it went out was it went out during the adverts of the X Factor on a Saturday night wow and uh, it came on and basically what they did, they had 50 seconds of me and people cutting hair, all black yeah. and white, you know. Uh, and then at the end, they said, the lottery does good. This is what the lottery gives you for good causes. So the whole focus was on, on us. Yeah. Um, but that day was the day I had to close my salon. No way. <laughs> and I had a bit of a mental wow. breakdown. So, yeah, <laughs> you ever meet me and my sister, right? Me and my sister, like, are really close. She's been through all of the salon life. She's helped me run the salon for 30 years. She helps me run haircuts for homeless, you know, and she happened to be on holiday that week. But the yeah. landlord sort of forced me into a corner because he said, all right, on Monday morning, I'm going to put a for sale sign up. And I hadn't told any, I, I knew it was coming. But I had no chance to tell my team. I'd worked with people for 30 years, yeah. uh, clients. Um, and I said, I found my sister on holiday and I said, like, he's, he, he won't back down. He's going to put for sale sign above the salon. Um, I checked my sister. I know, he, he was within his rights to do it. So rather than 
Uh, I probably could have handled it better, but right, I didn't know what to do. So I thought, right, yeah. I, this was, I, I've, got, I've got to get them together at the end of the day on Saturday and say, look, yeah. I've got nowhere to go. I, we, we've got to close. Um, and we, you know, I would have had a few weeks to get my mind around it. Um, and because I was a bit nuts, I, <laughs> I'd done this thing. Uh, everyone went, it was really, really sad. You know, yeah. some didn't take it very well. And I understand that because it was yeah. shock. You know, they, yeah. I was in shock, you know. Yeah. And then what they, I'd done this thing, you know, like I'd done a little Facebook video and like of saying that it's all over and I, I, I turned the lights off for the last time, you know, like this. Yeah. yeah. I look back now and, and it's funny because it did help a lot of people. It, it didn't really help me, but it helped a lot of people. <laughs> Because a lot of people in the industry, like, came, you know, private messaged me and said, look, we're going through the same thing. You know, yeah. we're, we're that far away from this. Yeah. We can't believe you yeah. Did it, but we're all in, you know, we're going through the same sort of problems. So it, the fact that someone who's quite established had gone through yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Done it quite publicly. But um, on, so that was sort of five o'clock, eight o'clock, my phone lit up. Yeah. So, it sort of lit up with all everyone responding to the to the sadness of the video and then it lit up with you know and i i couldn't cope i had to turn it off i turned my phone yeah, off yeah um and then so it, that's really why we weren't in that position you know to cope with the success of it yeah because yeah. uh, i was you know but I've, I've got to tell you though amy that um by it, it took us a couple of months. There was a few more blows that came, but by Christmas, I'd had it. I was done for yeah. mentally. You know, uh, I, I, I was in such a low place. And just after Christmas, I had to go to. I still carried on doing my homeless stuff, you know, because yeah. I had a responsibility. And I, I went off on a. I think it was just after Christmas. I went to Ipswich um, on my own. And uh, it's a long drive, and I was really feeling sorry for myself. I was thinking, you know, at that point, I might lose my house, I might lose this. I've lost God. everything. I felt terrible. <laughs> and then I, I cut this boy's hair. It was my son's age, about 22 at the time. And he lived in a tent. He told me the practicalities of living in a tent in winter. You know, that, do you know... <sighs> getting to bed early, zipping it all up, the condensation where you're breathing, the fr yeah. freezing, like yeah. literally freezing on the, on the ceiling. Um, and I drove away from there and I felt so grateful yeah. for everything, even at the worst time, I felt gratitude. Yeah, yeah. This is what this stuff does for you. Yeah. The gratitude you get from helping other people it, it, it far outweighs any effort you have to put into yeah. it. Yeah. Um, and, and, and then, luckily enough, we we got so much sort of positive stuff from that advert going out regularly on, on, on primetime TV, but we couldn't really actually, because we were dealing with the aftermath of closing yep. the business. Yeah. So brought it back out about Easter time the next year. So okay. it had another lease of life. And by then we'd restructured and, you know, we got things in together. 
and we've become a registered charity. So then yeah. it really took off then. So yeah. we went from like, in the space of the following year, we went from 300 volunteers to 600 volunteers. Wow. We from 30 sites around the country to 60 sites around the country and the UK and um, Ireland, you know. Yeah. The whole of Britain we'd, we'd reached, and um, we've given over forty thousand haircuts. So that's that's in six and a half. Wow! Yeah, that's yeah. well. That's an amazing achievement, isn't it? Right. Yeah. And then COVID hit. <laughs> yeah. Oh, fuck yeah. So what's? I'm just going to shut my bedroom door because Juno's opened it, and the washing machine's on downstairs. <laughs> oh, joys of working from home. I know. Um, yeah, so how badly then, obviously, if you've been, I suppose you couldn't do anything, like all hairdressers shut, didn't they? Uh, the rule of thumb with us is, even if there's technically ways we could, if the salons are open, we can operate. If the salons yeah. are shut, we can't. And that's yeah. generally how I sort of explain it to people. Um, yeah. There are exceptions. We possibly could, within, um, but it wouldn't look good for the rest of the industry. This is the thing, it's that uh, you've yeah. got, we're part of a, you know, we are a big part of the industry, so we've got to be in solidarity with them in a way. Yeah. yeah. But it doesn't mean to say that we stop everything, you know, we still care, we still do stuff. I've got team leaders who have done food runs. Yeah, know, yeah. Uh, they've, done, they've gathered stuff up, they've had donations, they've passed it out to people. Uh, we've we've kept in touch with people at like our volunteers, so there's there was lots of stuff to do. What happened to the homeless shelters and stuff? Did they have to close, or did could they stay open? Some did. Yeah. Some shut. Um, some some Sue who runs a Whitechapel mission. Like they are amazing. Um, they kept trying to shut them down. <laughs> yeah. yeah because it, the mission was set up in in years and years and years ago as a church mission so yeah. it's church well churches had to close um so they'd get the bods from the local authority or even the police would come and say you can't open because you're not supposed to be open yeah oh so bless her would say well look you tell me where they can go and eat and i'll send them there i'll shut yeah. i'll shut the kitchen and i'll send them yeah, yeah. Go locally she said, well, I'm feeding them then. So yeah. you have to do what you want to do, but I'm not going to feed them if they yeah. can't. Yeah. And that's the attitude. Now, yeah. I'm not saying the ones who did close could have done. Sometimes they had too much going against them. Yeah. Uh, but a lot of them stayed open. Then they had the, the sort of myth that everyone was put in hotels, which yeah. to a degree was true, but not everyone. Not everyone was accommodated. And also, not everyone could cope with being put in a hotel. Yes, yeah, it, yeah. It, you know, there's so much mental health yep. for people to be on the street that they literally cannot be inside. You yeah, know? yeah. Uh, they are. They're not going to be in there for very long because they can't cope with it, you know. It's such a complex issue. Yeah, it really, really, really is. A, yeah. Yeah. It's... <laughs> It needs a whole infrastructure to be able to deal with all those kinds of problems, which isn't there. No. You know, so people have just got to do what they've got to do to, and she's right, you know, keeping it open to feed people because they're going to fucking die if they can't eat anyway, aren't they? You yeah. know, so it's, yeah, it's such a hard, it's a hard one. So, we, hard one. A lot of them were shutting, some like a lot of, a lot were yeah. shut, 
some carried on being open. We did what we could. Um, but then, and it, then the, the stop start didn't help last year because yep. firstly, they said, right, everyone's allowed out in July, I think. Well, <laughs> that was fine. That was fine. But our volunteers had not worked for three months. So we couldn't say, oh, you know, they was really yeah. busy for a few weeks. They, yes, they were yeah. nine till 11 at night. Um, yeah, yeah. Getting their customers done. So a lot of it was me and my sister going back out, um, working with maybe a team leader who, who wasn't working in that way. Yeah. Um, just getting, getting them slowly started. But also we had to cope with PPE, health and safety, all stuff we didn't know about. So we had to slowly spread out again, knowing yeah. that we were doing it the right way and then spreading that out. So we had to restart again. Yeah. Then they closed us again and we had to then go again. <laughs> and then <laughs> I remember we had, oh. we had so many to open in uh, November. Uh, last year we had so many to, to start up restart and open new ones yeah and they shut us again for a month <laughs> so uh and we just got going again in december and then they closed us again mid-december yeah it's ever since um however we've taken the time me and my sister have got a lot of admin to do to run this yes. Yeah, well, it's a business, isn't it? It's a business. A big, small charity, yeah. So it's yeah. charities that um, have far bigger <laughs> um, budgets than us. Yeah. <laughs> we, we get, you know, we, we have to sort of make sure everything's done right. We've got trustees. We have to make sure the book's balanced. And yeah. We, we took the time to do that. The other thing that really helped me, because I have to get you know, I ain't got the right head. This is why I so, it's no coincidence that I've had to be sober for 15 years. There's things going on now. Um, work is one of my things that helps. Uh, and the podcast, you know, the podcast yeah. so much because it's something else I could focus on. And it's yes. something else that, um, and, and the spin-offs from that, like I was, I had um, Sarah Ferguson, the Duchess of York came on mine. And, wow. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, she came on, and when I when I talked to her, we got chatting about stuff that um, she runs. Uh, I, I know there's people with uh, opinions about the royal family, but I try and judge as I find. And 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 they, yeah. they she does an awful lot of good stuff. You know, she's a character. Yeah. I'll get. She is a character, but behind the scenes, they do an awful lot of good stuff. And there's uh, humanitas charity which is amazing stuff around the world. And also she's set up one called Sarah's Trust. So they partnered with us on, on some stuff, you know, and it would be little things like, which really helped in lockdown, where they had some, Sarah's Trust will get a load of soup delivered. So yes. instead of, can you, can you get some soup out there? Uh, so I ended up, come on one day, and my wife said, there's a, there's a, what do you call them? They're big crate things. Big yeah. Crate. Lorry's thing. There's a there yeah. was a, a pallet. Container pallet. pallet. <laughs> <laughs> so I ended up driving <laughs> to Romford, to Brighton, to Manchester. I was like the soup man delivering. Yeah. At least I could do something, you know? Yeah. And then she gave out a load of kit bags, which was these sleeping bags with essentials in. Wow. Load. Yeah, and I sent those and I drove those to Bethnal Green. We gave some out to those and Yeah. Uh, it was, it, 
it led to different things, you know. And so when did you start the podcast? Well, I, I've been on Pips. Uh, I've yes, been on yeah. Stu's, uh, Stu's one as well. Yep. Stu Whiffins. And I've been on a couple of others. Um, and But I'd also, it made me realise that I had a story to tell, but I, I'd come across so many people, so many unsung heroes. Yeah. That, that you know, it's great. I, I get some high profile, but I've also got the core people who no one, sometimes no one would know about. Yeah. And their story is so crucial. Um, but also the idea was as well, Hear Me, See Me was all about name because... They say to me, thank you for talking to me. Yeah. They're not heard. Yeah, yeah. They say they feel invisible because people yeah. ask, you know. So it's that being heard and being seen uh, is crucial. I, I, I will get more on there. I, partly it was going to be the guys themselves. Yes, yeah. Tend, their lives tend to be so chaotic that... Yeah. I've not managed to get it so far. It's 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 been more the people who run the centres and people who volunteer. Yeah. My volunteers and my team leaders. So interspersed amongst people that people know, I also get these other people and their stories are wonderful, you know, because there's always a reason why people want to help. And when you dig yeah. the surface, yeah, you find out that they've been through so much. And it's led to other things like, um, which I'm really passionate about, is um, domestic abuse. You yeah. Know, uh, having, having, you know, people close to me have been through it. it, it, it it's such a, a, a powerful, emotive subject um, that it, it, it needs to be dealt with very delicately, but it needs to be dealt with and it needs to be shared, yeah. you know. And I did a week in the first lockdown where I've done four in a week of people that have survived um, domestic violence. And one of them, particularly Jody, I got her back on this year because when we went into this second lockdown, yeah. the thing is it goes through the roof. Domestic violence is horrific. If you're, yeah. if you're then stuck in close environment, yep. your perpetrator, um, it escalates, you know. And she, her story is so so brave, and I'd encourage anyone. It's not I don't like <laughs> I don't. It's not like trying. Yeah, to, no, I'll share oh, it. Yeah, it's Jodie Keegan's one this year. Her story is one so profound because we all know that there's a problem with people getting prosecuted for this stuff, but her her perpetrator got 18 years in sentence. Oh, <gasps> fucking hell! Yeah. And her story, and she's so graphic. Uh, it takes some listening to. It yeah. Took some. It took something for me because yeah. I've got this connection because I've been, I've had it like, I've had it with someone who I love. You know. Yeah. Like, it's hard to listen to. Yeah. It's hard. You know, I've worked with because um, everyone sees us do haircuts, homeless in 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 the centres. But what they don't see is the stuff when we go to women's refuges, uh, when we work with people with human trafficking um, oh. uh, and, and stuff like that. Because a lot of that is safe environment, so we can't publish that. Yes, and, yeah. And they're the ones that we get such horrific stories uh, of people. But it's almost like when we can do our best work because yeah. 
you you can make someone feel so much better about himself just with a haircut. Yeah, yeah. You know how you feel when you get yeah. your, when you get your roots done, love. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, get your trimmer, how do you feel? You feel lovely. It's, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean? It's so lovely that yeah. feeling. Times it by a million. Time, you know. Yeah. When someone's yeah. been through that stuff. Um. Yeah, it, it, oh. it it's a powerful thing. Yeah. But that's what, what you said, it must take a lot out of you because if you're that kind of person that feels it, it, it's it's hard. And it's also, it's hard when you listen to someone because you don't want to get too upset because obviously they've been through it. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? don't really find line is yeah. there of, oh God. Yeah. How do you get a, your von... Oh, sorry, go on. I was just saying, it's probably like being a nurse, you have to sort of slightly detect, yeah. I would think. I yeah, think. see, I couldn't. Like, I always thought I'd like to be a foster parent or be a social worker or do something like that where I can help people. But I just, I, I, I'm not strong enough because <laughs> I just get too upset all the time and I couldn't deal with, I, I wouldn't be able to separate myself. Or I think if I could separate myself, then I wouldn't be able to do it. It's a hard one, isn't it, with social workers because you've got to be quite, not dismissive, but. I've had a friend has had an experience with it and it's like they just want to get their job done at the end of the day because I imagine that's a fucking hard job. They haven't got the funding, they haven't yeah. got the staff and it is literally a case of they just need to do their job. But whereas that kind of job should be everyone is dealt with on an individual basis. You know, it yeah. takes it takes as long as it takes, but it's just it's not possible to do it like that. Mm. So, yeah, well, it's the simple thing about that is it's, it goes back to human beings. So you'll get some people who it will be a job. Yeah. And yeah. Just there's an essence of it that needs um, humanity that they've not naturally got. Yeah. But others, yeah. Will be, it will be a it will be a vocation, and they will they will thrive in it. You know. So yeah. you, you get good and bad hairdressers. You get good and bad nurses. Yeah. Yeah. The people factor. You will never. Yeah. You will never get a perfect balance when you when you're dealing with human beings, unfortunately. Yeah, but I can't imagine wanting to go into that kind of job if you haven't got that humanity. Do you know what I mean? Like you've met them, you've met the ones. (laughs) (laughs) We've all done it. We've all met them. We've all met the you know. We've all met the doctor's receptionist. (laughs) You think? Yeah. You know. You fucking hate people, love. Why are you on the? Yeah, <laughs> but it, you know, it's just one of those things. Yeah, we're all flawed. Yeah, yeah, no, no. <laughs> so, how do you get your volunteers? Do people contact you, or have you got such a big base now that? Um, it's the same thing that that happened with the, with doing uh, to contact the the centres. You know, initially, we was you know, Facebook. You know, come and join us. Come and come. come yeah. Come. The minute that TV advert hit, it was then we got flooded. You know, everyone yeah. joining. Any little bit of uh, um, publicity we get, we get an influx, you know. Yeah. Um, my sister normally knows I've done something. Because <laughs> 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 she does all the emails, how many, you know, yeah. how many things she's done. The challenge has been last year is, is putting people off. Yeah, not had anywhere for him to come to, but we, we you know, she's great, my sister, uh, Belinda. She's a uh, great, <laughs> she does, you know, she's got everything. We're ready to go now. April, yeah, uh, 
12th, we can get Yes, out. yeah. We're all ready to go. We've already booked up some sessions. We've already got, um, uh, uh, but we've also got a list of places that want us to come to. And also we've got like a list of volunteers that are waiting to join us. So, you know, it's all, it, we'll get back there. We've got to spend the rest of this year shoring up our existing projects. Yeah. Uh, opening up the ones that have patiently waited for us to come. And then the following year, it'll be push again. And, and, and How do you get your funding? Uh, if, very, very hard is. You know. <laughs> um, I'll speak to I another wonderful woman on my uh, podcast, uh, Taban Shoresh. Uh, who um, deals with the Kurds in, in, in uh, she done this amazing thing where she got uh, boxing for women to empower them yeah. uh, in, in the camps out in Iraq and, and it's an amazing story but like she said it's very difficult because with the pandemic everything shut down and yeah. so, you know funding levels shut down so even the big ones struggled. Yeah, 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 yeah. Cancer research was saying, you know, like you know, we've, we're struggling, and so it, it's like a, it, it filters down. So those pots are very hard to come by. We did get great support from the lottery. Um, we then had a period where it was a bit odd because we, I think the the second time the TV advert come on. At that time, we got turned down for some lottery funding, but we was on the telly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you have to follow these pro. You don't get this. There's yeah, no great yeah. thing. Uh, and I used to get these people contact me saying, oh, can you get me some money from the lottery? <laughs> 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 can't even get yourself any at the moment. You know? because, I mean, we, we can run without any money. You know, we can run without any money, but it would be, it would die out. Yeah, the is, an engine needs fuel, so it, yeah. would buy yeah. out, it would go back to me doing it, yeah. off, which is okay, but it, it'd be a shame because we've built so much. Yeah. So, you know, it's people like, but we've managed to now, once we became a fully registered charity, then it was that was a hard thing to get, but once we got it, it meant people like L'Oreal and our sponsor because wow, they can, they can only really sponsor. Um, registered charities so yeah. even though we were quite almost as big with being a community group it's that registration that small I'd say to anyone it's worth the effort Any yeah people are running like this to, to, to go you know see it through it's a hard process but see it through because once you get that registration you then get taken seriously for things like even if someone wants to run the marathon for you you, you can you yeah can be registered under virgin giving yeah, that, that stuff. It opens up doors. So we've now got two main sponsors. We've got L'Oreal who sponsor us, and we've got Zenoti, which is an American software company for the industry. Because we're, oh, wow. it tends to be um, industry based. You know, yeah, we are hairdressing. So yeah, yeah, uh, we're we're a good we're a good fit for that. And what's interesting is I thought I had an idea about corporate sponsorship. I felt that maybe it was just an advertising thing. Yeah. You know, which I thought, you know, fair enough. It's okay. Yes. Yeah, yeah. As long as my guys get the benefit of it, I don't really care. Uh, but it wasn't like that. L'Oreal have supported us so much with, they've made videos for us to send out to our volunteers. They've, um, they've supported us. They've done campaigns. 
Um, so it's not just writing a check, it, it's really getting the backup from a company like that. Yeah, um, oh, that's amazing. Well, also, what they did, they said, <laughs> um, I thought it'd be, well, L'Oreal, you know, they said, look, you need to get more sponsors. So, you know, that they, 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 they're open for in, openly encouraging us to get maybe other big brands involved. Yeah. So the Wellers, if you're listening, the Wellers. The yeah. <laughs> you know, they're cool. Yeah. In a multi a multi agency type thing because we, yeah. we're all in the same which I was not pleasantly surprised about yeah honestly. yeah and Zenota who sponsored haircuts from us actually sponsored the podcast oh. so you know that we've I've got my first corporate sponsor for the brilliant but I did set it up that it all funnels back into haircuts for homeless so I yeah know, it just I don't know that goes back to that so you know, any sponsors for yeah. <laughs> here this evening, uh, you know, you can write it off against your tax, bless you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so what's, two questions, are you still working, are you still freelance hairdressing then? Is your, uh, like... No, not really. Uh, I, I, I've got a few people I do of a week, of a Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I've known people for years, you know, so yeah. I, I, I still do Pip's mum. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, what it is, is, you know, once we become a registered charity, we had trustees put in place so then that me and my sister then can work for the charity. So Okay, so you get a wage. It's a, yeah, it's a full-time, yeah. full it's a full-time commitment now. Yeah, yeah. It means we can, we, we've been able to, to, to deliver on a bigger basis, but also it means we can devote the time for the other stuff, which is yes. more fundraising, which is more, yes. you know, we're, we're, you know, we're trying to get long-term sponsorship. Yeah. Because the thing with, with sponsorship as any other people running something like this, um, sometimes it's a, you get an amount for a year, but it has to go in that year. Yes. So yeah. You, you can't really plan anything for, for growth for two or three years. Because as we come out of pandemic, we you look you need to grow and you need to look for forward. But if you've only got yeah. like a budget for that year, you can't really you know. Yeah. Long term sponsorship is really crucial for small charities as well. Yeah. So what's the? Do you have? Do you go to every single one, or do you have people that run them for you? Right. Well, initially it was I run all the first ones. I run them all. Yeah. Pretty quickly, I realised we was going to grow out. So yep. the model then became that we had team leaders. Yep. So when we go to Birmingham, Birmingham, I've got Jane DeFrancesco. <laughs> Francesco. Um, that's, she loves Birmingham. Yeah. She is a hairdresser in Birmingham. So that's her project. Yeah. So we're all under one family, one umbrella. Yeah. But it's crucial that we have the right team leaders with the right motivation. And someone yeah. like Jane, as she sprang to mind because Jane was already out work doing street homeless stuff. She was doing the mission work, you know. So then she tied it up with the hair. She saw what we did. And yeah. then this is what's happening. We're getting people uh, under our umbrella, but they, they, they take ownership. So. Yeah. You know, Annabelle in Croydon. Annabelle loves Croydon. She could work for Croydon Tourist Board because <laughs> she loves Croydon. She's a hairdresser. <laughs> so that's, that's her thing. 
you know, uh, Hetty and Milton Keynes. She's just, she, 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 she like takes the cancer on constantly because they don't do enough. You know, like, yeah. I, 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 I'm so blessed to know all these yeah. people, you know, Diane in Glasgow, who works with the Salvation Army there. Um, I, I'm so blessed. Yeah. I'm, oh, oh, brother Kevin, brother Kevin, Dublin, my Dublin lot, they're so naughty. They're such a, <laughs> their WhatsApp group is hilarious. Right? <laughs> We've got all these WhatsApp groups. Yeah. Dublin never fails to make me laugh on a daily basis, but we come across uh, Brother Kevin. He's one of my first guests on my podcast. Um, and he set up the Capuchin Day Centre, or he runs it. He's run it since the late 60s. You know, wow. you think you're doing your bit in life until you meet someone <laughs> who has yeah. given their whole life to this. So humble, you know, does such amazing work. So, you know, they, they feed 800 people a day. Oh, oh my God. Yeah. You said to me something earlier, um, uh, and it struck a chord in me. Uh, he explained to me, I forget what we was talking about earlier, but it was, a, it, it was about people like why they deserve to be helped um uh, and judgment and, and brother kevin taught me a lot about non-judgment yeah it's, um i was under the impression or i was i was you know ignorant uh, to the fact that oh it's when we're talking about people get put in hotels right now yeah. uh this has been going on a long time in ireland before the pandemic they were putting people in hotels because it's such a problem there and I used to think, oh, that's all right, isn't it? Being put in a hotel for a few nights. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He explained to me that often it'll be single, like women that um, have had to escape. So they're on their own with their kids. They get, they get put in a hotel, but they're not allowed to use any facilities. They, no, no, they get a room in a hotel, right? So when it comes to feed, to feeding their children, they're still responsible to go and feed their children. So, and it was, he, had, he, he said that the, the, often the smells come up from the kitchen. <laughs> Look, you know, it's like you, you, you've got children to keep them in one room, one, not in your house, in one room. Yeah. It's not, yeah. it sounds glamorous, but it's not, you know, yeah. and they can't be able to then go into the lobby or go to the dining area or, you know, then to have to walk across town to the Capuchin Centre to queue outside to then go in and get some food. Um, it, I, I quickly realised that I'd been so, like, yeah. wrong thinking that. Yeah, yeah. It's a touch. It's not a touch. Yeah. Uh, and also another time he said to me that, um, he's such a wonderful man he is. He, he said to me, um, oh, wait, uh, he... You know, he was looking outside the window and he saw a woman pull up in a car and she came over to queue up and get some food uh, I think she may have had the kids with her but, and he said to her I think if you've got a car you may be able to you, you, maybe you don't need our service yeah If you can, she said will you come with me and he followed her over to the car and she said she was living in her car because it wasn't safe for her to live at home anymore. So that car was her home. Yeah. And the children, you know, and he said from that day on, he's never, ever questioned yeah. anyone. And the Catholic yeah. is, if you're hungry, we will feed you. Yeah. 
and there's uh, so many of us, including myself in the past, have made judgments on people. There's all this talk about people going to food banks, don't need it, all this stuff. Oh, Put the judgments aside. Yeah. And take it for granted that the majority of people will need. And he said and it, it would never, ever make anyone feel bad yeah. about themselves again. I honestly don't think that anyone would go to a food bank or queue for food unless they had to. Because why, why, would, why would you? Well, maybe. Might, let's go back uh, to... There might people. be a few yeah. people, but I think on the whole... However, yeah. I've had, I've, had the, I've had people I've wanted a punch when I've cut their hair in the homeless centre, right? I'm not an angel. Yeah. Been, <laughs> they've been ungrateful. They've been grumpy. Yeah, yeah. Right? And I thought, what the fuck am I doing? So you go <laughs> off. <laughs> <laughs> All right, it's my job a little slip of the year. <laughs> for, for five years, it was slipping around on my day off. Not Yeah. Know, with other life life things going on. So, um, and at that point I was like, what, what am I doing? But the next person will be a lady who's had an awful life, who is on the verge of tears when you show them the mirror of how the difference it makes. Yeah. A big hug, you know, uh, and you think, oh, that's one, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. You've got to do it for the majority. You've got to do it for your core. Yeah. It's about passion. It's all about core, the, the core of what you're doing something, the why. It's all about the why. So, it, you know, uh, and then so you cannot let the small bits, because they're the things, isn't it funny? They're the things it take. you know, in whatever field, I'll, I'll take it back to hairdressing. You do 60 clients in a week, right? 58 of them would be wonderful. One would be a bit non but one would be an absolute <laughs> pain in the arse. Right? Yeah. Who do you think about when you go to bed at night? Yeah. <laughs> you don't think about it, Yeah. Take, we take these people to bed with us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's mad. You know, if you're a nurse, you get one patient, you know? You know, you yeah. get a wonderful patient. You get that one patient who's been horrible. Yeah. And why don't you take to bed with you? You know, so... It, it, it's just a matter of filtering that stuff out. Yeah. But it's being aware of that and then you yeah. can kind of start dealing with it, you know, yeah. just being aware that you don't have to think about the shit stuff. No, no. And that's all part. I mean, I learned a lot of this stuff all in, in, in recovery. I learned. Yeah. You know, this is all. These are what all did, you, did you do? The 12 steps? Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah. The, yeah, I went in, I went in, uh, went to AA, done the 12 steps and, you know, and it's a massive learning curve. How long did it take you? Um, 44 years. <laughs> <laughs> 44 years to keep the first meeting. <laughs> uh, I was good at drinking and taking drugs uh, by that point. Um, and that's why I'm an authority. That's why I'm really helping people, because I know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, it takes different things for different people. It depends on who's yeah. You know, it's that old thing of, uh, you know, how your mum teaches you to cook Sunday dinner. You know, it depends who your mum is, for how you cook it. And, and yeah, and it like that with, it's not a, you know, it's not an organisation that's got, you know, guidelines. It's yeah. a matter of who taught him, who taught you. Yeah. And, and there it goes, you know. Yeah. 
I had someone who took me through fairly quickly. I had someone who was quite, <laughs> who still is quite uh, um, no nonsense. Which yeah. Because I, I was used to manipulating. The thing with us, I do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I do that. <laughs> we get people around our little finger, you know. Yeah, like us, yeah. Us, 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 us alcoholics um, are manipulators, you know. Uh, we, it's, it's what we, we're good at doing. So uh, I'd had years of counsellors. I could manipulate them, you know. Um, I, you know, I, I was I was abused as I was a child, you know. Uh, uh, and, and, but I used to use that as a tool, you know. I could yeah. get, get you feeling sorry for me within minutes. Yeah. Like, it, it, you know, like it's an odd thing. Until you let go of that stuff, it still rules your life. Yeah. But not always as a victim. Sometimes you use it to your advantage. You know, like no wonder he drinks. Bless him. Yeah, yeah. Wild. No, no wonder he takes drugs. No wonder he's a, a, you know, philandering, whatever. Because it's an excuse. Yeah, yeah. I don't have to take responsibility. Yeah. If what happened to me when I was a kid means I do a certain thing now, it's not my fault. So I don't have to take, and I don't want to take responsibility. See, I want to run away and take drugs, and you know, I I want to hide from all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, So they're they're crucial things you learn. When, when you're going to recovery when and how you keep that going is by is by helping other people yeah and that's why I resonate so much with I walk into a homeless centre um and maybe that authenticity I've got is why I connect with a guy yeah. you know struggling yeah uh, because maybe he just sees it in my eyes yeah maybe he sees that struggle in my eyes I don't know but I think that's why I, I, I I'm able to do what I do I think yeah I think you do need to have kind of been there or lived through some of that to connect with people. Do you know what I mean? Because you just don't get it no. unless you have. Do you still go to meetings? Unfortunately, I think it's, it's, it's terrible what's happened the last year or so because um, they've shut the oh, meetings. fuck! Of course they've shut all the meetings, haven't they? Yeah. Oh, my God. What have people yeah. done? They're drunk. <laughs> well, I didn't even I, think about that. They've struggled. They've drunk. They've, Fucking hell. Bless you. Look at your face. Um, yeah. I didn't even think about that. God, they're so... Oh, my God. I don't, I, I, don't, I don't get... This is what I don't get about what's happened uh, over the last year. The, the church is closed. You know, I, I don't go to church, but I can imagine it's a real you know, necessity for people who, yeah. um, you know, AA meetings had to close, you know, NA meetings, and all of this stuff that I would think, it was almost, I think they sort of opened the pubs before they opened the churches. <laughs> you know, and you think, what sort of fucked up <laughs> thinking is this? At least open them at the same fucking time. You know? Yeah. Um, and I know there's a safety issue. Look, I, I, I got no. Uh, please don't anyone think I know what I'm talking about because I don't. But there's some logical things there that I don't. I think sometimes doesn't things that I think you know uh, that, that that people need. You know, there's been you know a lot of the meetings went on to Zoom meetings. Um, yeah. Stuff like that, but particularly with what we have and what we do, yeah, there's a necessity for contact. Yeah. 
know, maybe not physical, but like the vibrations you get in a room of people, you know, yeah. that yeah. you don't get on a Zoom meeting. Um, yeah. Uh, and so, people feel really uncomfortable on Zoom as well. Yeah. You know, it's not, it's, it's just the practicality of actually being somewhere, but it's actually some people just don't want to. It's the human do thing. That. There's a thing about something that happens when people meet, something that happens in the air between the people, the vibrations yeah. between yeah. the yeah. energy, all of that stuff. You know, that, that, that stuff is real and tangible. Um, it has an effect that you don't get, you're not ever going to get. This is why this stuff can't replace. It, yeah. can be a, it can be a healthy alternative to a degree, but, you know, we need people need people. Yes, yeah, yeah. And we need to get back to that as soon as it's safe yeah. and healthy. You know, I'm not saying run out and it should be. Yeah. It's been challenges. I ain't got yeah. Problems, but, um, yeah. Um, I know it's, I know people have struggled for it. God, yeah. I didn't even think about that. People go to meetings every day, don't they? I do, yeah. Fucking hell. Yeah. I didn't yeah. even think about that. Yeah. We didn't need to, you know, this is yeah. the thing. Yeah. This is what, and when I start talking about homelessness and some of the some of the issues, people don't think of it because they don't need to, and that's not a criticism of anyone. It's only I mean I didn't need to. I didn't till that day I went into that um, to to the Salvation Army and cut some people's eye and actually talked to the guys and talked to yeah. them and heard the things. And over the years, I've learned. I've learned about homelessness. I've learned about drug addiction. I've learned about mental health. I've learned about. Um, domestic abuse i've learned about modern day slavery you know um incest you know i've heard yeah. about so many things you know yeah uh, i need to know that now i didn't need yeah. to know before you know yeah. but i'm richer for it now because i've learned a lot more about the human condition you know yeah. it's important it's important stuff it's important if i've got kids and i've got grandchildren and i want to leave a legacy uh to to, to to make reason of being in this fucking world <laughs> i have to learn you know? yeah and and, and then, then you've got a chance yeah you know, a chance to maybe change yeah the hard thing the hardest thing to do is to change you you yourself you know like you can't i can't yeah. change you i can't change the government i can't change you know anything out there the only thing yeah. I can change is this, is it yes. now and what's in here, you know? Yeah. Uh, and then that way I can affect, make a change, you know, in a small Yeah. Way. We are doing an amazing job. <laughs> <laughs> I can't say anything about sounding sarcastic. You are doing an amazing job, though. I mean, thank God for people like you. Oh, that are really making a difference. No, but it's true, though. So what? how do people get in touch with you if they want to help? Uh, uh, we, our best way is email us. Yeah. Uh, it, it is info at haircutsforhomeless.com. So are you in every city? Or are there places you're not... We're, we're getting there, but I think we're, yeah. is that we're going to have to re, we're going to have to reconnect with. I think there'll be ones that have, you know, this has been, this has been catastrophic to the economy, yeah. to things in general. So Yes, yeah. Including homeless centres, some some won't have opened again. Yeah, so we are going to have to rebuild, so we're going to need. But we, you know, we, we've got the rest of my life to do. Yeah, this. yeah. No rush, you know. Yeah, 
we'll re we'll make sure that everyone's okay where we're already established. If we've lost, say Bristol or you know Cardiff, we'll get it going again. Yeah, maybe yeah. somewhere else, maybe a different team, but we'll re-establish those places. And then there's so much more scope, you know. Yeah. Every every you know when we're in. Um, you know, if we're in Brighton, we can then go to the next one along. We can then go to the next one along. Yeah. Um, we're, we're in it. We're established, but we, you know, we won't stop still. We're, yeah. We're and how can people donate if they just want to donate some money to you? Do you have... They, they can do it in several ways. But our website, haircutsfarmless.com. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, you'll probably put the links on, but... It's nah. got a link on But yeah, they can, you know, people can do what they like, you know, they, yeah. they, they can donate a little, like, you know, it, it's, it's whatever people's, you know, they can put a little bit in. Uh, some people do like a monthly thing if they want to yep. do that, you know, you know, it's sometimes a little bit a month actually is really, it's good because it's that established thing. Yes. Yeah. Uh, or sometimes they could just, tell people what they know about it you know yeah. or if they work sometimes if they work in a big corporation they can then put it to the attention of the the people yeah. who, who can say look you know um but we don't want to take away from any other charities but you know but we we, we get a lot done for the you know we get an awful lot done for us yeah really yeah oh lovely oh thank you so much i really enjoyed that <laughs> and I'm gonna, yeah, I did. I'm not that I'm surprised that I did. <laughs> yeah, sure, yeah so I thought it'd be boring. shit. <laughs> <laughs> I spoke mean, um, like to um, Stu Whiffin yesterday, and I told him, and he was like, "Oh, he's wicked. He's a right <laughs> lovely guy." And I was like, "Oh, thank God for that." Um, and oh, what was I going to say? Oh, I'm going to listen to your podcast episodes okay. that you said, and I'll share. I will share everything, obviously. But thank you so much. I, I, the ones to look out for, like Brother Kevin, the Capuchin's yep. early episode, and recently Jody Keegan's the, the yeah. survivor, I want to see that. And Taban Shoresh. Yes. Yeah, Taban. Uh, like, really are people that uh, you'd probably love to get on at some point, you know. Like, um, yeah. Yeah, they're amazing people and they just, their stories need to be told to them. Yeah. Enjoy that. Thank you very much. Yeah, I thank you. Oh, you hang on. <laughs> Isn't it lovely when you listen to amazing people doing amazing things? It just makes you feel all nice and warm and cuddly, doesn't it, inside? What a lovely guy. And yeah, that really um there's certain things obviously with the pandemic and life in general, if, if they don't affect you or you don't experience them firsthand, you just have no idea. They just don't, don't enter your headspace or, you know, you've got no idea what people go through. But that thing about the um, meetings closing, like for addicts, I didn't even think about that. And I can't imagine how hard that must have been for those people going through addiction, trying to stop it and having that lifeline taken away from them. Because I know from personal experience with not me personally but very close friends and family members have been through um that and those meetings i don't know how they would have coped without them so yeah there's a lot of there's a lot of people that are going to have suffered that you wouldn't even think about 
anyway um yeah i'm gonna share the links to the charity if you want to donate um going forward if you've got a story you want to share with me or if there's anyone you'd like to hear me talk to um i've got conversations coming up with a grammy award-winning songwriter a couple of idiots that i know have said they'll come on and tell me about their lives there's there's going to be a whole mix of people because it's not just a parenting podcast now it's it's um it's interesting conversations with interesting people that i think are interesting (laughs) and hopefully you will too otherwise you won't listen to the podcast anymore will you anyway you enjoy your sunday and i'll see you next week take care bye planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like european linen premium luggage options buttery soft italian leather bags and so much more and it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.